as we all know, you skip Passover too because you pass over Passover. Welcome to Dunstan Checks, man. Um, this is the show where we watch the. Excuse me. <laughs> That's a good welcome. That's a good hello. That's genuinely embarrassing. <laughs> we watch the 1996 ape film Dunstan Checks in minute by minute, and we talk about all those minutes, and we pair the minutes with other movies. And I'm Emily monkey town <laughs> i'm lord andrew you chose you paired this minute with another film yeah minute 54 uh, <laughs> i had to check we had the whole bit before we even started where you said yeah minute 54 where are you is that anything yeah yeah but that's that's our next episode this is minute 54 oh my god it is See, that's right. what i'm yeah. trying to minute say 54 where are you minute 54 where are you it's here okay uh i've i've chosen to pair this minute with uh Did the russell's cl- on this episode classic because he was on car 54 where are you oh okay <laughs> With the classic uh, uh, Akira Kurosawa film, Yojimbo. <laughs> I think we're we're doing that thing again where we're entering the prestige minutes. Yeah, we are. We, <laughs> not, not to be confused with our prestige minutes. Oh, you're, you're, <laughs> that one, that was a thinker. That took me a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would I, argue, I mean, we both know my choice for the next minute, which we will announce at the end of this episode. I Would you call, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call that prestige I feel like these two it's are connected, big, it's though. It's juicy. It's ju- oh, for sure, they're connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess I'll get into why I chose Yojimbo mm-hmm. when the moment arrives. Okay. Until then, let's talk about this minute. Yeah. I haven't felt comfortable sitting on the John since, <laughs> is what Buck Lafarge says. Yeah, that's correct. To Mr. Grant and Mrs. Dubrow. doop de doop doop brow Mm-hmm. Dude, that's not how it goes. I, you know, it's sometimes doop doop brow. I, I can hear no difference. You said doop 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 brow. It's doop 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 brow. Doop 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 brow. There you go. Okay. Uh, this is what Buck Lafarge says to them. Yeah. After he's finished telling a tale about things that he's discovered in the sewer, mm-hmm. including a very large tortoise. Yes, which he saw in the Summer of Love. 1967, he says. Which is the Summer of Love. I thought the summer I, of love was, was 69, 69 because of 69 because of 69 I, and because of uh, what was that music festival called woodstock there's yeah i think woodstock was in 67 wow <laughs> i think but here's what i'm gonna say uh-huh i held that same misconception for many many years yeah. that both woodstock and the summer of love were in 1969 mm. and i think this might be uh i think this might be a berenstein berenstein situation see i thought you would be more knowledgeable on this thing because of beach boys <laughs> Don't you like Beach Boys? <laughs> no. You're not saying... Uh, Woodstock was not 69, excuse me. Wow. Um, not 67. I was... Mis- maybe, I, you know, misconceptions all over the place. Maybe it's a Berenstein, Berenstein, Berensteiny bears. Maybe. Um, we got now, a third one in First there. of all, goddamn you for not saying the Beach Boys and just saying the sentence, you're into Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, they did not play at Woodstock, so I don't know what the I connection... I thought they sang about Summer of Love. <laughs> I mean, they were, they certainly had a, uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, Brian Wilson had kind of a hippie energy. Yeah. But the rest, I mean, the, the rest of them didn't. In fact, that was a major source of conflicts. They, these were like mm. straight-laced good boys. And, and uh, you know, Mike Love is like, Brian, you're trying to like sing weird songs about drugs. That won't sell. <laughs> That's not what the Beach Boys are, goddammit. Mm. Hmm. That's odd. And, you know, Brian Wilson missed a lot of the action of the time because he became deeply depressed and stayed in bed for several years. Yeah. There's that feature film about it. Yeah. Peace and love. Nope. Love and mercy. That's the one. <laughs> uh, so 
he says he doesn't feel comfortable sitting on John Sands. Mm-hmm. Mr. Grant replies with, since 1967? Now, in response to this, Buck LaFarge winks. Yeah, that wink is powerful. There's a lot in that wink. And that is, uh, this is something you said to me before the show started that I would like to repeat now because yes. it's true. This is our most minute. <laughs> yeah. There's something about this minute in particular that feels longer than a this minute. This feels like 90 seconds minimum. Yes, yes. And it feels like, even though, as as we will continue to describe the action of the minute, it feels like there's four scenes, you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like... There's only really two sequences within this minute. Yeah, but there's there's so much going there's on. Sub-sequences. There's sub-sequences. There's sub Yeah. There's also, like, I can't say this is a good minute or this is a bad minute. This mm. is this is, this is is the most minute. Yeah, this is the most minute. I will uh, say I do that... I will say this. Mm-hmm. I think Paul Rubin shines in this minute, and I think that wink is part of it. Yeah, he really... He makes a lot of choices. He makes a lot of very strong choices. And I feel like that's a thing that this movie has been lacking. Yeah. Uh, and I, so that's why I say a, that in the face of Rupert Everett. You need a... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because he... As much as someone, I think, could look at his performance and say, that's a lot of choices. No. No. I don't think it it's is. It's not. I, I think uh, Rupert Everett's performance reflects a damning lack of choice, frankly. Yeah. Um, I think that the moments that we enjoy most from Rupert Everett don't seem deliberate. Yeah. I'm talking about the tooching. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about the tooching. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but, you know, but Paul Rubens, he's, he's a classic third act Charlie. He, come, he comes in. <laughs> He comes in late in the game and is like, I'm going to make choices, mm. and what happens, happens. He's the, what, what do you call that in a relay race? The one who's the last relayer? Oh, I couldn't tell you. They get You hand them the baton. No, I understand the concept. I the leg? Know. The foot? I don't know. <laughs> you can say words at me all day. I'm not going to remember. All right. The caboose? Uh, mm-hmm, that's a train. Yeah. You're, I think you're getting relay races confused with trains. Oh, you're right. <laughs> relay races are the thing like Amtrak runs on, you buy a ticket, now, you go see, somewhere now, on rails. You're really getting them mixed up now. <laughs> you use them to ship things. It's like no. a classic image of a homeless person will like sneak onto one and sleep on it. No, no, oh. no, no, no. Those are all trains. Uh, okay, they go choo-choo. That's relay races? No, sometimes. <laughs> Thomas, he was a relay racer. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know what he was carrying. Uh, <laughs> did you ever watch Thomas the but now Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah, is a tank engine a train? See, that's my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew. Yeah, I and I mean, I, you look at him. That's a train. Yeah. Right? But I think that's some weird British thing calling them tank engines. I think maybe tank engine is just like a specific kind of train. It, I, th- now I, I There like are probably t- listeners who know. In general, yeah. Hit us up in show notes. <laughs> that's Show notes is a channel in the Discord, which you can find a link to on our Twitter. Yeah. Also, if you're a Patreon subscriber, uh, tell me the truth about that Pokemon thing in show notes. Tell me the truth about that Pokemon thing. Well, you're going to have to listen to pre-show to figure out what I'm, I'm talking gonna have about. I'm going to listen to pre-show because I forgot what... I don't know what exact thing you're asking. Tell about, me okay. the truth about that Pokemon thing. <sighs> okay. <laughs> that sounds like... That's like the last question in an interrogation that breaks someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so since 1967, mm-hmm. the Some current year within this movie is 1996. Correct. It is, it is meant to be the same year that it comes out. March of 96, we know as well from the calendar at the start of the film. Yes. Um, so presumably before the summer oh, true. of 1967. So, but even even counting just years, it's only 29. 29, yeah. Yeah. So he has not sat on a toilet for 29 years. Do you want so, to break down what, what he th- is suggesting with the wink? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think he's suggesting? I think there are two possible interpretations. I think one is the easy, obvious one that's not true, and I think one is true. Which okay. one do you want first? The not true one. There's a sexual element to it. No, come on. <laughs> I don't think it's true. Come on. I don't think it's true. Give me the true one then. The true one is I think he, I think that this character, Buck Lafarge, believes he is bragging about his ingenuity. Oh, yeah. Having found a way to go 29 years without sitting on the That's job. That's pretty good. I, yeah, I was, in, in that same vein, I was reading the wink as like, uh, as, as almost like, uh, you know what I'm talking like it like yeah. as if uh, yeah. as if like you've done this yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 yeah he's definitely thinks he's being smart yeah the the, the thing though that I want to really dig into is how old do we think Buck Lafarge is because uh, I believe I mean uh, um, you know well you he, talk and I'm just gonna look up how Paul old Rubens Paul Rubens is had to have been 40 I would say at least at this moment I'm gonna in look this it film. Up. yeah uh, maybe 38 35 I don't know but you, you start getting into 29 years, mm-hmm. and then you, you think the way that he told the story was that he saw this perhaps on the job? Yeah, it does sound like he saw it on the job. Yeah. and well, even maybe, if, you know, maybe he was like an apprentice. Even if this was a family business or an yeah, apprenticeship, yeah, he had to be at least 14, 15. Well, I will say this. Huh. Having looked it up, yeah. Paul Rubens was 15 in 1967. Okay. So you say he had to have been 14, 15. He was 15. So that tracks. Yeah. That tracks. Not not to say that every character in a movie plays the same age as their actor. I think that's true, and I think in any situations where the character says otherwise, it's canon in a story that the character is lying. Wow. That's my belief. I, I, I will say I don't like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, the only thing is that I, you know, I, I just use it. in situations... Where there's like a sequel where more time is more or less time has passed in real life than oh. has passed in the movie, mm-hmm. that means that character has time traveled. Oh, for God's yep. sake. Now the That's one That's what I believe. Here's what I'm gonna tell you though. The one the only one that you're correct on with that is the Omen series. <laughs> I haven't seen any I haven't seen a single Omen film. Would you believe that? Uh, uh no, because they're very good. I haven't seen them. I they're wouldn't know. F- they're extremely good. Because by the time you get to the third one, mm-hmm. the third one only came out like Maybe eight years after the first one, yeah, and and yet uh, a, a a character grows up to an adult in that time. Well, that's like uh, <laughs> where if you like read the fine print in one scene in Terminator Two, which came mm. out in nineteen ninety one, yeah, if you like look very closely at one like document in the movie, it says it lists the date as the current date is nineteen ninety six, five years in the future, because John Connor was born at the end of the first movie in nineteen eighty four and is a teen. In 1991, so like if you really look closely, technically Terminator 2 is set five years in the future when it came out. That makes sense though, because it, 1997 is when Judgment Day is supposed to happen. Yeah, but the movie is supposed to take place before Judgment Day. Like the movie, like they're yeah. they're still trying to. Judgment Day is still supposed to be a few years off. Well, I guess they don't. I mean, every time every time a Terminator happens, the Judgment Day gets moved, huh? Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just that. Every time the Terminator happens, the timeline gets wildly shaken up. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I, how did we get here? Also, oh, my obligatory mention of the fact that Terminator Genesis is a great movie. I, you know, I haven't watched the last, like, t- three Terminators, so. Watch Genesis. It's I great. Should just, I should just catch up, huh? Yeah. In time for the new one. I mean, Salvation and 3 suck, but Genesis is very good, and I will die on this hill. Well, I guess I saw 3. So I've only seen, I haven't seen the last two. Hmm. I think I was thinking of... The a television series as a movie. 
Oh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. The Sarah Chronicles. Yeah, that's the thing. That doesn't work, and I tried so hard to make that work the entire time it was on the air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who uh, played Sarah Connor on that show? Was it Lena uh, Headley? It was. Mm-hmm. 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 It was that. That was another Game of Thrones lady. It's true. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that's, I read that a lot yeah. online. <laughs> the people were going crazy. Yeah, they were, they were spinning. They were like, Jon Snow's going to show up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I never watched it. <laughs> That's for you. For Didn't you watch it? For me? No. Absolutely you read not. it? Nope. You looked at it? Nope. From afar? I tried to make the pun Sarah Chronicles work, and that, that was the end of my involvement with that I'm show. I'm talking about Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones! Yeah, I never watched Game of Thrones. I watched all of it, and I read yeah. it. Okay, there you go. I watched and read all... Fuck! For someone who doesn't like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. I have seen every episode and read every current novel that exists for game of thrones yeah doesn't that that feels bad huh yeah it does it feels I've, real bad but you do that with lost too yeah but i lost is different <laughs> i don't there's a difference between liking something and enjoying something yes i don't like lost i enjoy lost yeah i don't i don't but you know at a certain point i wasn't liking or enjoying game of thrones yeah that's, uh, that's fair all right so uh there's the wink uh-huh. he gets up Goes over to this is Buck Lafarge. Yes. Gets up and goes over to his golf bag. Yeah. Picks up one of the items in it. He says, now if he's contained, picks up the item, pulls off the sock. It's a gun. It's a gun. Now let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're all guns? That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I asked you first, motherfucker. Now it's your you uh, no. answer. I don't think they're all guns either. Yeah. Do you think any of the other ones are also a gun? Yes. I agree with that as well. We are in complete agreement. Here's what I think. I think there's at least one other gun. Yes. And the rest are just other tools of containment. And one golf club. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy that for a dollar. So as he reveals that, he says, it should be easy. Mm-hmm. This is where Kyle bursts into the room. Yeah, much like Cram. <laughs> yeah. Kyle bursts into the room. He says, Dad! And Buck Lafarge takes aim. Well, the look, this is another moment where I want to highlight Paul Rubin's performance. Yeah. Because there's like, there's, you can break down the moment of surprise and aiming into like four distinct parts. Yes. He tells a whole ass story on his face. Yeah. When he hears Kyle say that and then whips around and aims the gun at him. It's, it's a spellbinding moment of acting. And at this point, I like to talk about Yojimbo. Here we go. <laughs> what is your familiarity with Yojimbo? I had seen it before this. Good. Uh, I liked it then. Yeah. And guess what? Like it now. Good. It's a great movie. Uh, this, this same story with me. Well, let me I, ask you this. Though. Yeah. Have you seen a little movie called, you know, you know where I'm going? Do you know where I'm going? I think so. A Fistful of Dollars. I have. Which one did you see first? Uh, I actually, oh, God. I think I saw Fistful of Dollars first. I definitely saw Fistful of Dollars and that's, first. And, and that's, that's what, what made me want to go back and watch Yojimbo. And then when I saw Yojimbo, I was like, "What are we? why are we fucking around with Fistful of Dollars? Uh, I don't necessarily agree with you on that. I think I think both are good in different ways. Yes, but but I think... I'll say this, though. Mm-hmm. Of what is... This is off topic now, because now we're just talking about Spaghetti Westerns. But sure. Of the three movies that are sometimes considered a trilogy that is Fistful of Dollars, For a Few Dollars More, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, uh-huh. controversial opinion... I think for a few dollars more is my favorite of those three. And that's the only one that I haven't seen of the three. I like that one a lot. Wow. I think it's, I and granted, 
I remember liking that most of the three. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you a single detail about the movie. Wow, I was about to ask you, what's that one about? I haven't seen I mean, this, hap- this incident, mm. which is me watching those three movies and yeah. making this decision that the middle one was the best, occurred in high school. And so I couldn't, I couldn't tell you anything about that. Wow, wow. I remember the details of for uh, Fistful of Dollars just because it is, cause I've seen Yojimbo yes. several times since then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and did you have any idea why I chose Yojimbo? I would my my first instinct watching the minute now mm. and thinking about the movie is that in both instances there is a character who owns a gun and thinks it is the solution to everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's also the the idea that in this minute there's the gun appears and we have not seen a gun before. Yeah, guns are not a part of this World. movie. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they are. Yeah, and that is I believe so similar to Yojimbo. That's a, very, a pivotal point in the film. Yeah, say, Yo, yeah. Yojimbo is uh, he he the the main character is I, I was gonna say Yojimbo is the main character. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Yojimbo means bodyguard. That's yeah. the but he he goes by um, Sanjuro. Yeah, uh, which is a made up name, and mm-hmm. it's very clear in the movie that he makes it up on the spot. Yeah, um, but. He is a, a kind of a wandering samurai mm-hmm. who comes across this town of two gangs fighting. Yeah. And uh, everyone there just fights with swords. Yes. Uh, and then enrolls one of the gangster's brothers. Mm-hmm. And he's got a gun. Yeah. And it's it's completely, you know, the... the he brought a gun to he, a sword fight. Yeah, he brought a gun to a sword fight. Uh, and it changes kind of the dynamic of, of everything that, that is going on there. Yeah. Um, and so it's that in that same way this minute this gun is changing the dynamic of this movie. Excuse me. Um, yeah. You also sent me a personal Facebook message. This is true. You want to talk about this? <laughs> yes. This was in reference to the character with the gun that we are talking about. Mm-hmm. I believe they call him Uno. In well, the his name, is I he... remember the significance of his name, which is that he's named, his name is somehow related to the word rabbit. Right. Because he's named after, he was born in the year of the rabbit. Yeah. And there's like at one point a character says like, uh, he has the name Rabbit, but he's not as he's not as sweet as the name suggests. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent you a, a a picture of him that I take, and I can't say a screenshot because I literally took a picture of my TV screen. Yeah, um, you call it a screen grab because you grabbed that picture with your phone. That's true. <laughs> um, and I said they cast this man one hundred percent based on his ability to look like a pervert, <laughs> and I and now, stand by that. But the, here's the here's the thing, though. Uh huh. Couldn't that also be a sentence to describe Paul Rubens? Ooh, you're not wrong. <laughs> and in that same way, they're both wrong. the character with the gun. You're not wrong. Yeah. Here's the other... what they do is they have a gun yeah. and they, they they look like they're enjoying something on an unsanitary level. <laughs> yeah. I I also, in a sense, I, I thought the casting of, of that character, mm-hmm. um, I thought he was meant to look like a weird style of old school Hollywood handsome. Yeah, like a pervert. Y- y- yes, you could describe that as a pervert. <laughs> yeah. But I think, like, if you think of like, um, not to say that this person was a pervert, but like Rock Hudson, like in the, yeah. the way he has his hair. I was. Do you know what that thought, that moment of pause was? You're like, do I even know who Rock Hudson? No, is? that was. Should I call Rock Hudson a pervert on my podcast? <laughs> yeah, but no, because uh, like I think the most famous detail about Rock Hudson Rock is that he was a closeted yeah, gay yeah. man. I don't mm-hmm. want to call him a pervert. Me neither. But listen. He was also a man of that era. Yeah. Most of them were perverts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I mean, the other one that I could say is like maybe Tony Curtis. That's maybe a little closer. Sure. If you can, yeah, if you can picture him in your mind. Yeah, yeah. And I believe he was a pervert. <laughs> yeah, he confirmed. I, I believe pervert. part of it, I had heard this on a podcast recently that while um, 
Janet Lee mm-hmm. was pregnant with Jamie Lee Curtis, he was f- fully openly cheating on her. I believe with it. With whatever co-star was in whatever movie yeah. that he was in at the time. That sounds right to me. Uh, anyway, the... Yojimbo. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. It's a great movie. Um, it's it, And there's so much of it that's really good. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like all the acting is good. Mm-hmm. I feel like the music. Oh, the music fucking fantastic. goes so hard. <laughs> the score yeah. to Yojimbo kicks ass. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you'll be hearing like like that kind of like, it's, you know, it's, it's I, I wouldn't say the word it's a Western, but it's that yeah. same era, just in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um and it's kind of like what I imagine is like old school traditional music, a lot of drums and stuff. Yeah. And then you're hearing that, and then all of a sudden it'll just like get electric, like a little jazzy. Yeah. The the I was doing some reading, and and someone around the time that it came out just said that it was it was like they were doing it in the style of uh, Henry Mancini. Oh yeah, I can see that for, for sure. The, yeah. The theme, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in that style of like, it sounds nothing like Henry Mancini. Uh, I'm gonna look up who did the music because he worked for Toho, which makes it likely that they probably worked uh, on a Godzilla movie at some point, which means I might know them. Yeah. Uh, you keep talking about because of your connection oh, yeah, through Sato. Go Go Godzilla. Uh, so it's uh, that's funny actually. It's Masaru Sato. Mm-hmm. He did the music for Godzilla Raids again, and then he became known in the like '70s Godzilla era. He did all the like jazzy funny like comedy godzilla's he did their soundtracks that's good all the like light ones so yeah that totally makes sense yeah and it really it, it is interesting because this music is kind of light yeah in a in a movie that is like a, a lot about killing yeah um it's about you know and, and the way that um uh the sanjiro character comes in and he's kind of like um he's he's kind of like a force for good but in a way where he, he'll, he'll, I don't know that I would argue that. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I, there's a weird way about him where he's he's trying to bring a sense of justice. Well, there's the the classic uh, to to quote uh, uh, Thirty Rock, I think it was, talking about why they like Han Solo. He uh-huh. acts like he doesn't care, but he does. He's kind of got that vibe to him. But also, yeah. he kind of like he approaches it very recklessly at the beginning of the film. Yes, where it's and he's like laughing and amusing himself and fucking around mm. uh doing things that will like as the viewer i'm watching this but like well this is very obviously going to end in innocent people getting hurt mm. uh and then when innocent people get hurt he's he is surprised and it's like well you kind of made this situation happen yeah yeah but then once that happens he does feel some responsibility and try to fix it yeah i i think there's there's a lot of stuff that he does at the end of the movie mm-hmm. that that is uh redeeming in a sense yeah uh, and and also is you know satisfying in that way, mm-hmm. where um, you you almost don't expect the the satisfaction. Mm-hmm. There there was a, a thing that I had completely forgotten, where at the beginning of the film, before he even gets into the town, he's hearing about it through a, a farmer, mm-hmm. and the farmer has has a bit of a, a a family issue. Yeah, where the son of the farmer doesn't want to be a farmer; no. he wants to be a gambler. Yes, so he goes to join the gang in yeah. the town, mm-hmm. and by the end of the film that is one of the last people that Sandro fights. Yeah. And when that character kind of drops his sword and he's like, I want my mommy. (laughs) Sandro's like, go run home to your mom. What are you doing? (laughs) And he like lets him run off. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, Oh wow. Like, yeah. A nice little, yeah. Ties it up real neatly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, um, I also think that, um, there's, I mean, if you, if someone is listening to this and hasn't seen Yojimbo, Go watch it. Hey, go watch it. And let me tell you, I'll, you I, I don't know where you watched it, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you where I watched it. It is available f- in fairly good quality, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, on archive.org. That's where I watched Hell it. yeah. <laughs> I almost watched it through, um, do you know Canopy? Spelled uh, with a K. 
don't 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 ask me to get involved in canopy oh you do you have beef with canopy <laughs> canopy is just like uh it's uh, out there i don't like to mess with them okay i i did canopy is just uh it's just mm. voodoo with nicer clothes on well it yeah tell me it's, i'm wrong <laughs> tell me i'm wrong <laughs> It's it's voodoo from the library, which is that's quite literally what it is. Yeah. Um, it's you you need like a library card, or uh, for a time I used it with my uh, university card. Now I'm wondering. But of course, if, when you graduate, it doesn't yeah, yeah. work no more. I'll tell you this, and that's the only way to watch Yojimbo on Canopy is if you go to a school. Well, I'll tell you this. Not your library card won't work for that. Well, I'll tell you this, and okay. here's part of my issue with Canopy. Mm-hmm. You are speaking with Canopy as someone with, I presume, an L.A. County library card because you live in L.A. County. You live- uh, Spoilers. Is that a spoiler? Maybe I'll believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be cagey about where exactly I'm located. The um, I, I will say that I, I own both an L.A. and Long Beach library card. Okay, those are both L.A. County, though. I guess. County's important. They count them different for some reason. County's important, though, because I have an Orange County library card, mm. and it doesn't work for shit on websites like that. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That is really weird. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so yeah, I, I found it on Canopy and then was disappointed to see that if you don't have a university you know, card, yeah. if you're not currently a student at a school like that, yeah. they say, fuck off. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, archive.org. Yeah, that, I, if we watch it on the same account, did you go look at what else they had uploaded? No, they had like a lot of like common writer. They had like a lot of oh, <laughs> like really. I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. This person like is uploading a lot of you know Japanese language things with awesome. English subtitles right on. for the enjoyment of people who speak English. Yeah, I'm like I'm into that. Yeah, um, but yeah, archive.org. Uh, it's, it's a surprisingly good resource sometimes. It really is. You know what else? I doubt it still is because this is one that I have to feel will probably get pulled. But you know what was on archive.org for a while that you might not think? What? Austin Powers, the spy who shagged oh, me. Oh, shut up. <laughs> what do you want to know? Um, I don't remember if I revealed this at the time. Another film for this for this series that mm-hmm. we're doing mm-hmm. that I watched on archive.org. What's that? Um Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Oh, yeah, yeah. nice. Um, and that person had a lot of VHS uploads, and it was the full VHS. Nice. I hope they're still kicking. Hey, we'll talk about VHS stuff on our next episode. Oh, that's a good little, a little teaser. foreshadowing there. Good little teaser. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I don't have much more to say about Yojimbo because it's so good. Me neither. Uh, Except a, everyone go watch it. It's great. Of course, Toshir Mifune. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and Is it Mifune yeah. or Mifune? You know, I don't know. I think it's Mifune, but I'm not. I, just I, took I wouldn't a stab call at myself right an there. expert. When I when we talk on Go Godzilla, Justin and I both say Vic. How do we say? This? <laughs> wow. Okay. Vic is our expert on Japanese. <laughs> That's names. good. That's good to have. Um, but yeah, I was trying to think. I mean, I I think uh, I don't know. Do you think young people who are trying to get in the film still care about Kurosawa? I think so for sure. Yeah, if they're trying to get like into film, mm-hmm. that's also. I mean, that's that's what I was when I watched this movie. Well, same here. Yeah. I feel like that's that's the kind of journey that you know the the young film interested people yeah. go through. Yeah, you know. Uh, Here's but, what I'm gonna say: If you are a young film interested person uh-huh. and you're getting into Kurosawa, watch Godzilla movies as well because a lot of them are directed by Ishiro Honda, and him and Kurosawa like came up together. Honda mm-hmm. uh, was like the B, well, not B roll, but like the assistant director on a bunch of Kurosawa movies. They worked together all the time. They were collaborators. And uh, don't don't write off Godzilla as just like B-movie trash because mm-hmm. there's a lot of great stuff there. Yeah. 
I think yeah, I think that. And you can really, I mean, like we like you see like in this like in this movie, uh, Sato, who did the music on this movie, and Godzilla Reds again, and a bunch of seventies Godzillas. You'll see similar faces popping up, and it's rewarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the uh, there's a Kira. I don't think he was in this movie, but a Kurosawa regular is uh, the guy in the King Kong suit in King Kong versus Godzilla. No way. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I think that is something uh, w- when you when you become film interested, you kind mm-hmm. of like try to write off. Oh, that's beneath me. That's yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think that was part of why. Besides that, I'm I can be a bit of a scaredy cat with horror movies. That's why I wrote off horror movies for a long time. Mm, that's why you're trying to get them to them now. Now I'm getting real deep into it. And I'm like, you know what? These are neat. I love it. I've <laughs> as hey as a longtime horror fan, I'm mm. with you. But and 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 I feel like that it's it's the sense of like movies that c- came through the '80s. Sure. Like modern horror has a whole different flavor to it. Of course, but I'm, yeah. I'm very into like the '80s stylized horror, yeah, yeah. which are just so bizarre at times. So big and bizarre and weird. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bizarre and weird, uh, do you want to know uh, another? So famously, of course, you mentioned a fistful of dollars mm-hmm. is is an it was at the time an unauthorized remake. Yeah. Of uh, Yojimbo, uh, which was settled out of court. Yeah. Uh, but then an authorized version uh, was called Last Man Standing. Oh, I didn't know about that. That was Bruce Willis. Huh. And it's set during Prohibition era. I've heard of this movie. I had no idea it was a remake of Yojimbo. It's really interesting. Because it goes one step further than uh, A Fistful of Dollars. Yeah. The, the whole, because you go from Yojimbo, which is swords, and then a gun shows up. Mm-hmm. And then Fistful of Dollars is like guns, and then a rifle shows up. <laughs> yeah. So you got to go one step further than that. So it's like guns, machine guns, then a sniper. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> There's a version that I did not know about until I was reading about Yojimbo for this. Uh, and it's set in the future, starring Rutger Hauer. And uh, it is from, oh, God, what is this director's name? Uh, something p- 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 Pune? Do you know who I'm talking about? I have no idea what David you're David Pune? It's, he, 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 um... He he did Cyborg. That movie Cyborg? Uh I don't know that movie. I'm sorry. Okay. It is is I believe it's a Van Damme movie. Um this movie is considered part of his Cyborg think... trilogy. Okay. But it's not a sequel to Cyborg. And it's um it's starring Rucker Hauer mm-hmm. and it is Yojimbo but in the future with robots. That sounds dope. What's what is the like It's upgrade? called Omega Doom. Okay. What is the uh, what is the like what is the technology that everyone has and then what is the technology that one guy I shows have up no with? No fucking clue. <laughs> I literally don't know because I just saw that this exists and I I went I have to watch this. I would like to watch this too. Uh, oh, that is a certain era of Rudger yes, Well, oh wow, I'm yeah. looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at some art here. Do you have that director's name? What is it? Alfred. Uh, I'm looking at just pictures right now, but let okay. me try to find it. Um. I'll get, yeah, I'll get it's, back to you. It's, uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited that this exists. I love when I Alf- find out. It is Alfred. Alfred Pune. Pune, yeah. So it, it is it is kind of an exciting thing to find <laughs> a different version. Yeah. And it's so different. Yeah. Like, I'm very, I'm very, uh, I want to go find it. <laughs> All right, you want to get back to the minute? Yes. Okay. So, if he, now if he's contained, it should be easy. Mm-hmm. Kyle runs in. Dad, Buck takes aim. Yeah, this is where the story in four parts of Buck taking aim. Yeah. Now the the interesting thing is, while he he does take aim because someone burst into the room, mm-hmm. and I guess he believes that could be the orangutan. Sure. He does see that it's a child and continues aiming. Yeah. He also hears someone say "Dad" 
Yeah. Which is not it's not behavior that I would typically associate with an orangutan. I well, I think if you're Buck Lafarge, sometimes you've heard an orangutan say dad. <laughs> I think if you're Buck Lafarge, sometimes you expect the unexpected as well. <laughs> that too. <laughs> um so maybe, maybe on some Maybe like Dunstan, mm-hmm. Buck has some sort of uh, <laughs> some sort of ESP. Yeah, and he sort of he realizes maybe not maybe he doesn't have can't put these thoughts into words, but he realizes in some sense that uh, Kyle is in cahoots with Dunstan. Okay, <laughs> um, because then Mr. Grant shouts no and runs over to his son. Yeah, uh, which and- I feel that's one of those things that's like seems like such a scripted response that it feels real. You know what I mean? Okay. Like that he would just literally shout, no! Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, it feels so unnatural that it's like, yeah, that sounds like one of those things that you would do in the moment, and then later when you think about it, be like, why did I react that way? <laughs> why did I say that? Um, so he runs over, get, uh-huh. gets gets his son out the door. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Dubrow. Did you do Dubrow? Kind of taps, you know, yeah. Buck's shoulder. And he turns and aims the gun at her. Yeah. Now this is, and the facial expression that he has before he turns the gun to her Mm -hmm. is I would describe it as his jaw is set. I would say cold determination. Yeah. He's definitely, he's in a zone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And then he, he, he aims, he aims the gun at her Mm -hmm. and then he kind of snaps out of it. Yeah. Uh, Would you agree with that phrase? Snaps out of it? Like he seems like he's, yeah. yeah. He, he, that shakes him to where he's, he goes, wait. I, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to change my answer actually earlier from cold determination mm. to hot determination. Yeah. Now that I'm seeing there's, there's a certain crazed look in his face. That's, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, so this is, Dubrass, of course, screams in response to being aimed at. Sure. Then we we don't see what's going on with them. We go we go now over to Mr. Grant and Kyle are just outside the door. Mr. Grant's trying to get rid of Kyle. Kyle's like, why does he have a gun? Yeah. Fair question. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Grant's answer, deeply unsatisfying. I'll explain later. I'll tell you later. Yeah. And the way he says it is not like, not like, this is serious, I'll tell you later. He yeah. goes like, I'll tell you later. I he, don't know he that like I would He like tosses it off. I don't know that I would agree with that. I think there, I think there is a serious edge to it. I, I never got that. I, I did. I, I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel like the right thing to say at that moment. It seems like a mis- it seemed like the thing that this character would say in that moment. I'll tell you that. Uh, maybe yeah. I would say it was consistent with Robert Grant's character. Mm-hmm. How hard was it for you to pull Robert? I mean, I was thinking about it earlier, so okay. it was it was it was ready this time. I had yeah. to I had to you load had to the load gun it, yeah. earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, then before before he he sends his son away, he says, "Sorry, I didn't believe you. Mm-hmm. Now take off." There's a face touch in there as well. Oh. Well, there is a face touch, but the way that it is framed is you don't see <laughs> you don't see the actor raise his hand and arm. No. So it's two different shots. Yeah, and then that hand just come out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It's a little spooky. It is, yeah. Do you think it's his hand? Yes. Do you oh, think do you it's think Jason it's, Alexander's hand? Yeah, I thought you were asking me if I thought it was... I thought you were going <laughs> on some real deep shit and asking me if I thought it was Mr. Grant's hand. Um, it was a phantom hand. Do I think it's Jason Alexander's hand? That's let's a good a, question. Yeah, let's try and get a good look at Jason Alexander's hand. Yeah, next time that comes around, let's uh, let's try to yeah, take a yeah, peek at that. Yeah, I feel like the the things about it is the hand that touches Kyle's face is a little hairy. I think Jason Alexander's got slightly hairy hands, but he's also got a watch on. So let's look. Let's look for the watch. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, watch and hair. I don't think it's Jason Alexander's hands. Yeah, I don't think so either. 
I think it's the director's hand. You think it's a Ken Quapis? Yeah. You know what I'm going to say? Huh. I think these hands look older than Jason Alexander's hands. Yes. These are older hands. Yeah. Jason Alexander, famously, George on one episode of Seinfeld, mm-hmm. was a hand model. Yes. So Jason Alexander famously has nice hands. He has good hands. Um, what movie was that where that was a thing? Was that Evolution? I was that a movie? Evolution was a movie. Yeah. Don't they have a bit in there where someone has their hand in a jar and they're trying to keep it safe so they can be a hand model forever? I don't think so. Is that a different movie? I think it's a different movie. What movie am I thinking of? I think it might be this episode of Seinfeld that you're thinking about. No, it's (laughs) it's some dumb sci-fi movie where someone has their hand like in a special container to keep it young. I'll tell you, if it's evolution, I don't remember it. It's such a weird bit, too. Someone put it in show notes, please. (laughs) I need to know where this is from. Yeah. Um... Why the gun? I'll tell you later. Sorry, sorry I didn't believe you. Now take off. Yeah. The take- real, the real tone shift there from he's trying very hard to sound genuine when he mm. says, sorry, I didn't believe you. And then it's very casual with take off. Yeah. Well, that, that again, I feel like falls under believability for Robert Grant. I would agree. Yeah. D- d- an uneven tone with his children. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was that putting it? That nicely? was putting it exactly correctly, I feel. Um, so then we come back to, so I, I want to posit my own thought mm-hmm. on what has occurred while those two characters were outside. Inside, Dubrow and Buck. Yes. So, obviously, he aimed the gun at her. She screamed. Then we, we cut away, and then we come back. Mm-hmm. I, I believe she must have been asking about the gun. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, because he then says, what we do hear him say is, this tranquilizer, he says it funny. Yeah. And in a good way. Yes, I would agree. Uh, will take out a human for 18 hours. And Mrs. Dubrow is checking her watch yes! when he's saying this, which well, I find very she interesting. She checks her watch, and then she says, what about an orangutan? Like, yeah. she she is, like, ready to set her watch yeah. to how many hours this orangutan will be yeah. out. It's a weird moment, because in what way would that be practical? I don't know, but I love it. That's, <laughs> Dubrow is about, like, numbers, money, and time. I guess. Um, and he says, oh, it'll kill him, most likely. No. Now, we do see Mr. Grant is a bit upset by this. Yes. I would. I don't know that I would say upset. I would say shocked. Okay, yeah. I don't know that I would say upset. This, yeah, that's fair. He, he definitely, I think he wasn't expecting that yes. to be the result. Okay. Um, and then we do see that outside of the room, Kyle has not taken off, as no. his father said to do. He has been listening in, and he hears this, mm-hmm. and then he takes off. Yeah. Because he's got to save Dunstan. Of course. Um, so he... Runs off. Now, the music here, I did make a note of this, uh-huh. sounds like the music that you'd hear like at the start of a newscast. It's like a, it's like a agree. driving piano beat. Yeah, I'll agree. I process, but I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we see that he runs down the hall. Kyle runs down the hall. Uh-huh. He comes out on the roof uh, where we see that, that greenhouse again. Yeah. And he comes around the corner of it. And we overhear Murray speaking to... Some some workers, some with one of the best lines guards. in the movie, I would say. Yeah, do you want to say it? He says, "I don't want anybody to say this monkey made a monkey out of us." <laughs> yeah, <sighs> that's yeah. Get the bell because it's oh, time. Yeah, the bell. It is time for the bell because <laughs> oh, I, little 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 preview of the bell. Preview of the bell. There it is. That's the good joke, I'm going to do it a little bell. farther away, actually, so, I, it, so it doesn't peak, you know? All right, all right. It might still peak. Yeah. Uh, where am I at? Oh, I don't want anyone. So he's t- he's kind of talking to his security team. Yeah. He's trying to get them ready for 
finding Dunstan. Because as we saw in a previous minute, Mr. Grant had called up to the whoever, Murray. Yeah. And he says, get them all up here. Get everybody up here. Now, I will say there's Murray and four guys. Yeah. Do you think that's everyone? No. Do you think Murray used his own best judgment to interpret what everyone meant? Yes. Do you think that this Cause is... Because also, also <laughs> Mr. Grant to get everyone up here. Murray gets up here and immediately realizes that's not the best scenario because he sends people away. Yeah. But do, do you also think this is the proper number of people? To capture Dunstan? Yeah. Yes. I think you need one more. No. I think that's too many cooks. I think... Because you got to look at the exits. Mm. Well, and the, I'm thinking Murray is not doing a lot of groundwork. Oh. <laughs> I think Murray's going to return to his little viewing spot. I think that's not a bad idea, though. Especially since Dunson is moving through the vents. Those aren't exits that a human can realistically cover. But because that's not a bad idea... That means they need a fifth person. There's only four people then. You're right. Yeah. You know what? You're right. <laughs> uh, so Kyle is, he's kind of listening around the corner. He's kind of waiting for his moment to distract Murray. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I disagree with you. Really? I think he's waiting around the corner because he's formulating a plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. That makes more sense. Uh, so Murray, Murray's talking to the guys. He says, don't move unless I say so. If you see the monkey yell out loudly, mm-hmm. they, don't they have walkie talkies? If they're in the same room, I would figure a loud yell is better than a walkie talkie oh, because maybe. you hear that they need you and you hear the direction they are. I, I would also think you don't have to explain where you are. He, he would be concerned about disturbing the guests. Hey, what's going to disturb a guest more hearing a muffled yell through a wall or an orangutan in your soup, you know? <laughs> You ever had an orangutan in your soup? It's the worst. <laughs> Waiter, there's an orangutan in my soup. Yeah. You come in the you come into the restaurant with your own orangutan, put it in the soup to get the soup free. We've all done that. <laughs> yeah. Um so he shouts, Kyle shouts, Murray! Murray. End of minute. And well it it is the end of the minute. What one of the last things we do see is Murray turns and he's, he's, he's about to say something say something, or tell Kyle to wait. He's definitely having... And his arm is coming yeah, out. Yeah, his arm's out. Yeah. He saw something, so he's about to say, say something. Say something. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's the minute. There it is. That's that's 54 for you. Car 54, there are you. Yeah. It's in our minute. Yeah. There were no cars in this minute. Oh, I said car. I meant to say minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your choice to pair with minute 55? You ready? Yeah. It's a juicer. I'm I'm ready. Minute 55. Or as our old, or the, as they say in old internet parlance, 55. Yeah. We'll be paired with Star Wars episode 6, Return of the Jedi. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Big one. Big one. Uh, I'm very excited for that to yeah. get into the next minute. Uh, but... You can find me on other podcasts, such as Nothing New, a remake podcast, mm-hmm. where me and Justin Kizan mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. about remakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a it's mm-hmm. a good, mm-hmm. exciting time mm-hmm. on the episode that comes out around the same time as this one. We have special guest Victor Perfecto. Oh, I know that guy. To talk with us about the Adams family. <laughs> Oh yeah, they were last time we recorded an episode of a podcast. I'll tell you all about in a second. Uh, they were talking about having seen that movie. Yeah, that was really <laughs> something. 
Uh, so get ready for that. Uh, you know, please give that a listen. Uh, BenVNetwork.com slash nothing new. And then uh, another podcast that I do is called It's on My List. Because your kiss, your kiss is and, on uh, you know, my list. Five or so others get together and talk about movies that people say you should see. Uh, and then we cross them off our list and we tell you whether or not they're worth seeing. And around the t- time this episode come out. You, we'll have our October episode, Rocktober, and it's a spooky. Ooh. It's Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh, that's a good movie. Well, if you want to hear what I, I think about it. I think it, it should be on your list, frankly. You should listen. <laughs> uh, so so that's that's a good one, too. Uh, go ahead and give that a listen. It's on mylistpod.com. You can guys on my list. Yeah. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch at Very Cool Emily. Uh, I also do a show with those people he was talking about earlier, Justin Kizan and Vic Perfecto. It's called Go, Go, Godzilla. Uh, it's where I walk you through the Godzilla, where we, I should say, walk you through the uh, Godzilla fran- franchise. Do you ever say franchise instead of franchise? No. Okay. Um, hey, Andrew? Yeah. Well, if they wanted to follow the show on Twitter, where would they go? Oh, on Twitter, that's Majestic Hotel NY. Uh-huh. And what about Instagram? On Instagram, it's Dunstan Checksman. What if I, why, you need to send us an email? Email uh, DunstanChecksman at gmail.com. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and the, the, is there any, like, you know, I have this problem where, like, I want to watch these, like, cool, like, one to two minute videos on YouTube, but I just don't know where to find them. Like, how could I do that? Well, if you go to YouTube and you search for Dunstan Checksman. What will I find? You will find that every episode of this show, I have created a special video where I pair... Well, I I don't pair it. (laughs) I put together the trailer for the movie that we're talking about with the minute that we talk about. And I make a fun new video. Wow, that sounds so cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let's say if people wanted to give us some money but also give some money to races, R-I... R-A-I-C-E-S? How, is there anywhere they could do that? Uh, Patreon.com slash Dunstan Checksman. Oh, they just give us money? They don't get anything? Is that what's the deal is? Oh, they get special bonus episodes. What? Such as, like, the pre-show. And, and uh, we started doing uh, monthly Mario updates. Wow. Because we used to do the Super Mario Brothers. What a it? great deal. Yeah. You're telling me I could support this podcast. Yeah. And help support one of the best sources uh, fighting uh, against the detention centers in this country. Yeah. And get a free good podcast. Not a free, but get a good podcast out of it. Yeah. Wow. Get some good bonus content from us. Some bonus tent. If, and if you like this hey. podcast, you'll love that bonus tent. <laughs> hey. Huh. You ready for something? It's okay. <laughs> when it's this late in an episode and you say something like that, I worry. <laughs> what do... Uh, What does our Patreon and what does our Patreon and someone uh, with a working penis wearing loose pants watching extra features on a pornographic DVD have in common? I don't know what. Bonus tent. <laughs> Welcome to Dunson Check. <laughs> we, we have to start a new show. Yeah. I because know. that was all free show now. Um, rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and tell us what you thought of that joke specifically. <laughs> That's just, the, this time it is just actually review us, but specifically that joke that I just made. Well, I almost want to say just do thumbs up or thumbs down, huh? Sure. Or a picture of Nucky smiling or a picture of Nucky frowning. That's a deep cut reference to our Discord, which you can join by finding the invite link at the top of our Twitter, at Majestic Hotel NY. And remember, Dunson is spelled with a U. And we're checking out...
To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. And amusings are your musings. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Hi, I'm David. And I'm Kayla. And if it wasn't readily apparent from that, we're huge nerds about Disney. That's why we're doing the Animusings podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a film in detail from the Walt Disney Animation Studios filmography, covering them in chronological order, from Snow White to Moana and beyond. To Moana and beyond! Sweetie, we're not doing Pixar yet. We'll do that after. (laughs) That's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Kayla and I, and maybe a guest or two, as we explore the Disney animated canon, film by film. With the hope that it'll be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Ooh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Walt. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.